0: You're a vet considering making changes in your career. Deep down, you know you need to be making changes from what you're currently doing. But you might be lacking the confidence to actually make change. You don't really know what other career options are out there, especially close to where you live. And finances are probably holding you back too. How do you gain the confidence to make change in your career when you don't even know where to start? In today's episode, you're going to find out how. Stuck in your veterinary career and need help making change? My name is Steve O'Ely and my mission is to help you take the next steps in your career so you can find more happiness and fulfillment in your job and your life. You're listening to Next Step Vet. Join us on our journey to a more enjoyable life. Confidence is something we all struggle with. There are likely areas of your life where you lack confidence. I initially lacked the confidence to make change in my career because there were very few options I actually knew existed and for those I didn't really know how to get there or where to even start. If you're considering making change in your veterinary career but haven't yet done so, there's a good chance that confidence or lack of it is playing its part. This week we're talking to Julie Kappel She's had the confidence to branch out from working only as a clinical vet to becoming an author, speaker, as well as hosting her own podcast, and she's also a certified life coach. Confidence is something she aims to instill in her clients, and today she's going to help you too. In the process of gaining more confidence, this will help you get a clearer idea of who you are and help you design a career that works for you. You'll learn why it's normal to lack confidence in some areas of your life. What you need to focus on if you're going to improve your confidence Why doing the inner work will help you avoid making the same mistakes again and again in your career. And I'll give you one simple step you can do today to help you improve your confidence. I joined the conversation with Julie Sharing what inspired her to get into life coaching after so many years working as a clinical vet.
1: When I got out of that school, we expected it to be hard, we expected to be on call. We didn't have the idea that it should be easier, and so we were just kind of brainwashed into thinking that it was supposed to be hard. But also, I think that there's so much more for us to learn now. There's so many more things that veterinarians have to be good at. The society has gotten so much more demanding. So the clients are more difficult to deal with. And I just saw that the veterinary, I don't want to call it a narrative, but just kind of the idea that that med was getting so much more challenging and so much more negative. And I love that med. I think it's an amazing career And I just decided that we needed something to change so people could learn to develop themselves or just kind of change the idea that veterinary medicine could not be great anymore. I felt like we were just going down the road of negativity because I started, you know, seeing all the things on social media and, you know, seeing some of my own employees starting to burn out because it was getting so difficult. And I wanted to change that because I love it so much. And I just wanted people to understand that you can have a great life in vet med, you can be a mom, you can own a practice, you can raise kids and you don't have to kill yourself to do it. And then also around that same time that I was looking for something different to try to help veterinarians, my own nephew took his own life. And so I went through that whole thing with my family and the loss of someone to suicide and that part of VetMed med really struck a chord it was like if i can save somebody if i can keep someone from going down that road to depression and you know feeling hopeless in vet med and around vet med then that would really be the thing for me the next mission in my life the suicide rates in all professions and all areas of life are getting higher and and i don't like that about vet med i want to change that
0: If you've listened to previous episodes of Next Step Vet, you'll know that life coaching was a big part in me transforming my veterinary career. How can life coaching help you?
1: What we try to do as life coaches is we try to help people see where their feelings are coming from, where is their distress coming from, what about their job that they have right now in vet med or their career in vet med, is not serving them and then try to help them figure out why. So my job as a life coach is not to tell them what to do or give them a path that I think is correct for them. It's trying to help them figure it out. So usually what I start with is, you know, what got them to go into veterinary medicine in the first place? Like, what did you love about it? Because it's such a hard career to get a degree in. The school is difficult. It's hard to get into college. And so you had to have a real passion for this career in order to even get to where you are in the first place. So I try to have people kind of figure that out is what did you like about it? And then if we can take what you're doing now and get those pieces of things that you like about it and then design your job around that, then that's kind of where we wanna go. So it's kind of developing the career and kind of what you do in a way, but developing the career that serves your needs and your wants and your thoughts and feelings about what you're doing. Like, did you get into vet med to help animals? And if so, is the client side of it the part that you don't like? Is there a way that we can help the animals without dealing with the clients so much? Are there skills that we can help you learn to deal with clients easier so it's not so damaging? You know, it's just kind of, teaching people to go within and just kind of figure out why they're suffering and not necessarily like a therapist would. It's a whole different skill set. Like therapists help you deal with what's been going on in your past and life coach kind of take you where you are and say, okay, this is where we're at. What can we do to make your life better? And maybe it's changing jobs. Maybe it's changing careers. Maybe it's going part time. Like there's a lot of ways to do that. But it, it's more more or less like learning about where you're at and then how do we get you moving forward again.
0: Julie has worked with numerous veterinarians stuck in their career like you. What are some of the ways you might be holding yourself back?
1: One of the things that disturbs me the most and gets me the most kind of riled up is I notice that there's this, you know, veterinarians are perfectionists. We're very like high achievers and so we're very, very hard on ourselves. And so it, it's something that I notice that a lot of my clients are kind of stuck in this mindset that they're not worthy of you know, a good life. They're not, they don't have the maybe self confidence in a way, but they just don't feel good enough. And I really, I really have a challenge trying to get people to change that outlook. And, and sometimes it comes from our stories from our past. You know, somebody said something that made us feel not good enough. Vet school kind of beats us up, right? Because they're always telling us we're wrong. And so I think we have a lot of thoughts about how we aren't good enough. And we carry that around, the mistakes that we've made, you know, maybe the cases that didn't go well. And so that thought or that mindset that we're either not worthy or not good enough I think is my biggest challenge. And I don't think there's an easy way to work out of that. I think there's a lot of things that we can do to work out of it, but I don't think it's something that you can snap your fingers and do. And so that's what I try to do with my clients. I'm like, let's work on that mindset so we can feel worthy of all the good things that, that we want to come to us and not be in that mindset that we're not good enough, or there's something wrong with us, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I'm working with a client at the moment who we've literally got to the point in the career coaching where the focus for the previous week was to identify your strengths. She did the exercise, and then I said, this week, I said, what was the sort of outcomes and and what did you learn? Because I found personally identifying my strengths was hugely eye-opening and a really positive experience, and she spent um, 90% of the time talking about her biggest weaknesses. The whole point of the exercise was to identify your strengths. Of course there's going to be your top things and there's going to be things at the bottom. And she's sort of narrowed in on that, that area. That's her focus. I 100% agree with you. It's such a challenging thing to overcome. And for clients that you've worked with in the past where they are particularly, I guess, negative or struggling with confidence, are there any particular tips that you would give to people like that to try and break them out of the mould?
1: I did this with a client the other day, and it was kind of like, can you write for me 25 reasons why, you know, whatever it is we're working on. And she came up with 25 reasons that I'm a kick-ass veterinarian. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's write those. And even though that sentence at the top of the page sounds really impossible to think about yourself if you're deeply buried in that that thought that you're not worthy or that you're not good enough, just challenging your brain to come up with 25 reasons that you're great is is a great exercise, just like you said. And it's difficult and it's challenging. I had a life coach have me do that one time. You know, my, I think mine was 25 reasons I'm a rock star. And, you know, you can write a couple, but when you're getting down to 20 or 25, you really have to kind of pry loose some of the the probably untruths that you're thinking about yourself because I try to teach people that you know your brain is naturally wired to be negative like that's a protection mechanism right it's that fight or flight I call it my chihuahua brain that's kind of what I came up with because I'm like it's kind of like this little chihuahua that's afraid and scared and it wants to bite you and it's defensive and like that is what's running us a lot of the time And if we can pry that loose and be like, oh, that doesn't have to be in control of me. I can control it a little bit better with my higher thinking. Then you can start to come up with those reasons that you have confidence and that you're worthy. And, you know, the good things about you, which you called your strengths, which it's basically the same thing, right?
0: Yeah. In previous episodes, we've already talked about ways to improve your mindset, journaling your emotions, identifying successes each and every day and writing down at least one thing you're grateful for. But what if you struggle with confidence? Maybe you're lacking self-confidence during work, or you lack the confidence to have those difficult conversations with colleagues or your boss. And maybe you lack the confidence to make a big, scary change in your career. How does Julie help vets she works with improve their confidence?
1: If you don't have a lot of self-confidence in just your overall general being as a person, then start to focus on what you do well and what you're competent at and use that to help you move into the self-confidence idea because self-confidence is just a thought, right? It's like, I feel good about myself, I know I'm capable, I know that I can do anything, Like those are all thoughts that you can think that are self-confident thoughts, but in order to kind of build the confidence in yourself, sometimes you have to go back to really like simple things that you're good at and then use those things to kind of springboard into, well, I'm good at this, Uh, I'm a good mother, I'm a good hospital owner, I'm good at communication, and then start to build that self-confidence through those things first. And then the rest of it, you can kind of drag along if that makes sense. Because sometimes that lack of self-confidence is so heavy and so big, but it's focused on something, right? Like your career, or I have clients that tell me all the time, I'm terrible at conflict. Like, I hate conflict, I'm not good at it, I'm terrible at it. And so they have low self-confidence in that part of that med. So if I can build their self-confidence, well, what are you good at? What do you feel good about? When do you feel confident? And try to create that feeling in different circumstances.
0: Confidence is context-specific. Some people may appear confident in one area of their life, and then completely lack confidence in another. To provide a real life example, I know a professional rugby player who is extremely confident on the rugby field, but in social situations is extremely shy and lacks the confidence to talk to the other sex. I truly believe confidence is a decision. It's a choice to practice something until you become confident in that area. For example, unless you're drunk, no one jumps on stage and is immediately confident public speaking. Confidence is earned by practicing over and over again, until it's no longer uncomfortable standing up in front of a large crowd. It's why organizations like Toastmasters exist. If you lack confidence, why does it seem like everyone around you is crushing it? And so many other people seem to have confidence you don't.
1: Somewhere in our brain, we think that other people have it all figured out. You know, I, I had a client say that to me once. She goes, how does it feel to have it all figured out? And I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> you don't see me on a daily basis. You know, like we all have we all have self-doubt. We all have anxiety. We all have like all of the things. It's, it's all human. The misnomer and, and the thing that pulls a lot of people into that, that headspace of being not confident is thinking there's something wrong with them because they feel like they don't do conflict well or they feel like they don't have great self-confidence in an area of vet med or they feel fear when they go into a surgery and they think something's wrong with them. And I think it's completely the opposite. Like that's your normal brain. That's all of our normal brains. And, you know, you and I can get on a podcast and be pretty okay with it, but it doesn't mean that, you know, we didn't freak out an hour ago because we were like, Oh, I got to be on a podcast, you know, and, and have to do some of that self-coaching to be like, Oh, you know how to do this. You talk to people every day. So, I think just knowing that you're okay and you're normal, even if you feel like you don't have great confidence in a certain area of your life, or like that's all okay. You can work to develop more self-confidence.
0: And, and confidence is also just something that's practiced. Like in my early years as a vet, I really struggled with surgery. I'm not natural with my hands. I was really slow one of my mates started in the same job and he was faster than me and there was a little bit of a complex there and I just had no self-belief but I was lucky enough in my first few years of practice that I actually got to do quite a bit of surgery and now fast forward eight years I'm working in an emergency hospital doing GDVs and um, end-to-end and all these surgeries that I never thought I would be comfortable doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like an end-to-end anastomosis. I'm actually less nervous for that surgery than I was for a bitch spay in my first year of practice.
1: Yeah. And I think that's normal, right? The more you practice something, the better you get at it. I, I tell people that all the time. If you, if you don't like conflict, it's a skill that you can develop. And you don't have to. Like Nobody ever says that you have to love conflict. You don't have to do it. But if you want to get better at it, it's a skill, just like your surgery skills and your communication skills and all the things that, that we learn throughout our life. And I think, you know, when I first had my kids, I had no idea how to be a mom. They just hand you this baby and send you home. Yeah. And they're like, okay, raise it till it's 18. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how life is. And I, yeah. I think that the more we talk about it and the more we like acknowledge that we feel uncomfortable... And we have some imposter syndrome in vet med, the more we talk about it, but realizing that we can self-develop and try to you know, grow in, in coping with it and dealing with it, that that's, that's the magic of it.
0: We've talked a lot about confidence in this episode. You're stuck in your veterinary career and need help making change. This is going to require a bucket load of confidence to make change. But what are some steps Julie recommends you do before making change in your career?
1: The first thing I would say is, like you said, do some self-work. Work on yourself to figure it out before you actually jump. Because if you just go from job to job to job or career to career to career without doing the inner work that you need to do and figuring out what it is about vetmed Med that's not serving you, then you're gonna just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again, whether it's going to another practice, getting a different job, or changing careers altogether, right? You're gonna carry that part of your brain with you. And so that would be my first one. And so with that comes perhaps getting somebody to help you. Perhaps someone like you who helps people transition to different careers, perhaps someone like me that helps people try to figure out If they can stay in this career and still thrive and survive and, and have an amazing life. So getting help for sure would be my second tip. And then I guess, I guess I would just say, believe that it's possible because I think there's so much negativity out there about vet med and about just, I guess, life in general, but believing that you can have anything that you want and that's a really hard belief to embrace, especially if you're in a really negative space.
0: Mm. That last comment is a really challenging one because there is so much evidence around us that you can do literally anything that you want. And even just within the veterinary space, you can easily find people that have gone on to to careers in all these different areas. And yet someone in that headspace doesn't believe that they can do it. And and so it's like a kind of a, a weird paradox.
1: Uh-huh. It is. And, and there's some, you know, there's some practical things that people are dealing with that might prevent them from just jumping, right? Financials, if they have kids, they can't move. Like there are some things that might practically prevent you from thinking that way, thinking that you can do whatever you want. But I I really do think that if you can open your mind up and try to go down the road of what do I really want, like what gets me excited? Like the reason I went into life coaching is because what gets me excited is helping other people. And that's one of the reasons I got into vet med. I loved animals and I used to say that I loved animals more than people. But in truth, I really love people and I love seeing people thrive and succeed and do well and be happy And so for me, if I can focus on that part of it, then I can be happy doing that. And so I think that, yeah, there's a lot of evidence that this is a bad career for everyone, but I also think there's a lot of evidence that it's a great career for most of us. You know, there might be some things that stick people, but I really think that they can figure it out. They can figure out what their best, you know, option is.
0: And to go back to your comment about you know, all these different options for someone, whether they stay in change change job or reduce their hours, go part-time, but there are all these different options. And I noticed even for myself, when I reduced my veterinary hours and became a locum and was in control of my hours, I felt my sort of career satisfaction to skyrocket. Right. So even for someone who feels like there is no future for them in the veterinary profession, it's amazing what taking control of your hours and reducing your hours can do for your overall kind of impression on the career?
1: That's for sure. And just, you know, understanding yourself well enough to know what excites you. Like I, I knew that I didn't like to have a boss. I knew that I was kind of that kind of controlling bossy kind of person. So for me, owning my own practice was, was what really made it fun for me. Like, I liked the problems. I liked the, you know, didn't mean that I didn't come home crying and upset and freaked out. It didn't mean I didn't work hard, but just that, that piece for me because of the way I'm wired made it better for me. And so just understanding yourself, I think, is a really good place to start.
0: That was veterinarian and life coach Julie Keppel. You can find out more about Julie at juliekeppel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. You can also check out her podcast, The Veterinary Life Coach Podcast, and we'll be dropping an episode of hers into our feed. Three take-homes from today's episode. One, we all suffer from self-doubt, from anxiety, and all of us lack confidence in some areas of our life, and that's okay. That's normal. Two, in order to build confidence, focus on what you're good at and build confidence through those things first. Three, write down at least 25 things you're good at at work. Challenge your brain to come up with at least 25 things, and this should help pry loose some of those untruths you think about yourself. It's all well and good knowing how to improve your confidence. But how do you actually make change? In going through my own career struggles, I've developed a coaching program specifically for vets to help you design a career that works for you, based on the work of career experts, as well as my own experience in the veterinary industry. In each episode of the podcast, I'll share with you one simple achievable step to help you on your own career change journey. Your next step is... Practice confidence. Next step, accepted. As mentioned earlier in the episode, confidence is something that is earned. Practice it. There are three easy ways you can practice confidence. In the same way you might practice a speech, if you're going to be having a challenging conversation with a colleague or boss, rehearse it. Rehearse out loud what you're actually going to say at least three times before you actually say it. Secondly, practice little and often. Spot opportunities to practice in low-risk situations. Finally, you can practice confidence by helping other people with their confidence. There are areas of your work where you have more experience than others. Use this as an opportunity to help them improve their confidence. That's it for this episode of Next Step Vet. I'm host and creator, Steve O'Ely, and thanks for tuning in. If you're feeling generous, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Your support is appreciated. In our next episode, we'll be dropping an episode of Julie's into our feed. It's the Veterinary Life Coach podcast. If you're a veterinarian interested in taking the next steps in your career, designing a job that works for you, bringing you more joy and fulfillment, then go ahead and subscribe to Next Step Vet right here in your listening app, so you can stop feeling stuck in your job and start designing a career that works for you. Next Step Vet is produced by me, Steve O'Leary. Editing is thanks to Jeremy Greater. Show theme is Symbidium by WMD, and background music is created by Soundstripe. This was a production of Next Step Vet, the veterinary career podcast, helping you on your journey to a more enjoyable life.